0: Welcome back to Diversity on Fire. Our goal is to inspire you to think more deeply and act with more knowledge and compassion. We'll do this by sharing our open conversations on all types of diversity-related topics. And I can't help myself. Guess who's back, 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 back again? (laughs) Lee is back Tell a friend. <laughs> okay. People are going to get really annoyed with my singing things here, but I mean, obviously you guys can tell I'm, I'm super excited to have welcome back a former guest and someone that I'm honored to call friend, Mr. Leopold Hopkins. Lee has joined us on Diversity on Fire back on episode 26 um, titled Oreos or Cookies, We Are People, and also on episode 50, Be Who You Are. Today, Lee has agreed to get super personal and share a lifelong journey that he only just recently went public with. So, welcome back, Lee.
1: Wow, quite an introduction, (laughs) Heather. Thank you so much. Hello, everyone. Hello, hello. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm so happy to be back and I'm so thrilled to call myself your friend as well.
0: Well, good. Feelings mutual. That's always good. I'm just like, sometimes when it's one sided, you're like, well, whatever. (laughs) but but it's good to know that it's not one-sided so that's definitely a happy thing
1: definitely not (laughs) so it's
0: funny because the last time obviously you and i have chatted since then but the last time we recorded was the uh roundtable for the roundtable episode for june of 2021 Mm -hmm. so it was the lgbtq month and since then you have gone public with some information about yourself that even I didn't know when we were recording that episode. So would you like to share what that is?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. So I once upon a time identified as every single one of the LGBTQ, LGBTQ, yeah, yeah, letters in different times. So let's say uh, lesbian, bisexual, uh, gay, and trans. And so I identify as transgendered. And so that's why if it's confusing at all, me saying that I was a lesbian. Well, it's because once upon a time, I identified as a, a cis woman. And so I dated cis women. So I wanted to share that because I realized that it was causing a lot of problems in my life, like making connections with people. And that's what I'm for. I'm all about being yourself and uh, being a real person and, and living your authentic self. And I realized that I was just not doing that. And I thought that it was okay to not bring that at the forefront of any conversation, but it is a huge part of my personality. It's a huge part of my 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 being. And so I had to share that so that I'm able to live my authentic self and make better connections and, and, and feel better about myself. So I came to share with you all my experience about being transgendered, how I, how I discovered that and my journey through it.
0: Let me ask you, because you said you found it was starting to cause some really big challenges for you in making connections. And I'm wondering, was that on your side? Did you have this gnawing feeling that you weren't being authentic? And therefore, when you showed up in relationships, you didn't? it didn't feel right to you? Because from my perspective, obviously, which is super limited, I didn't know and I didn't feel like it was affected in any way.
1: Mm-hmm. I understand. It's like um, in that book, uh, the Scarlet Letter. Back in well, back in high school, if your your grammar teacher ever made you uh, grammar teacher, like I'm so old.
0: <laughs> We're the same age, and I didn't call it my grammar teacher. So just just to put everybody. You aren't like you're not like Grandpa Ed here you know, closing in on the grave, like we're
1: <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm, I'm almost 40. I'm a little, a couple of years before 40, but yeah. So uh, the idea is that there's game, there's uh, shame and guilt behind it. And I was feeling like, you know, only, only one person knows the shame or the guilt, rather the guilt. You're like, I'm the one who's holding in something that no one else understand because they're not me and they don't feel that guilt. Or out the shame is outward. It's it's real. It's something that people could know know about me. And I was definitely afraid of the shame, and I just kind of wanted to keep that in with me, within myself. And so that's where the kind of guilt came along. And to answer your question about you know it being on me, it definitely felt like it was on me. Because I wasn't able to share some important things about my past or that is relevant today or about my body that is relevant today. Like, if I, I remember talking to a friend about a, a girl I had a crush on, and this was just a couple of years ago, but I couldn't tell them all the details. I couldn't tell them why I felt apprehensive about talking to this girl. I couldn't tell them why. I was just like, ah, oh, you know, they're, they're really pretty, but that's not the entire reason there was some more underneath it like and I, I couldn't share that so then I couldn't make a connection I couldn't get proper emotional connection or support from my friend because they didn't really know what the problem was
0: okay okay so that that makes sense then so cuz and certainly not trying to add to any guilt you should not feel any in this situation but it was interesting because when you first came out with it I was like I was taken aback but not in a way I wasn't like for me what i felt was like guilt on my end like did i not do something right to make you feel comfortable enough to share that information does does that make sense
1: yeah that makes sense that makes sense and yeah um no it it has nothing to do with you and what you're what you were doing as a host or as a friend or anything like that i know that i've gotten that reaction from quite a few people where they're like, Wow, why didn't you tell me? Or I'm surprised I didn't know. Or I thought for sure people would feel uh in a sense betrayed by it because I'm over here just saying, live your authentic life and be your authentic self. And sure enough, I'm not doing that thing. And and uh I call them my friend and I say, I won't share anything with you. I will I'm I'm there with you. We're connected like that. And it so we we weren't really and so it had nothing to do with the other people in my life who didn't know it just wasn't none of their business at the time.
0: I <laughs> know <laughs> I totally appreciate that cuz yeah, let's let's be clear about this. It's not um I think it's just a reaction of like, oh shit, you know what I mean? It it does not have anything to do with anyone else and it's not your responsibility to make anyone feel any certain way and it's totally your choice if and when you do decide to share that information. I think it's just that was just, you know, me sharing openly. And it sounds like other people have felt the same way. Like,
1: yes, I mm-hmm. didn't
0: feel any other sort of way about it other than, oh, shit, did I do something wrong to not make you comfortable enough to be in that place? And actually, I got to be honest, I went back and listened to episode 50 again because I was like, oh, oh. shit. <laughs> and actually, it's fine because we were we were all having a very open and honest conversation. Obviously, I know you probably felt like you were leaving out some some details But you Mm -hmm. still had, in my opinion, you still had an open and honest conversation with us. You just didn't share all of the details.
1: Right, right. And so that bringing back to episode 50, the roundtable is definitely one of those things that really helped me open my eyes to the whole thing. And the the kind of connections that I was ruining, I would say ruining, like I'm missing my opportunity to make a, a stronger one. Because I'm not sharing everything that I am about this or everything, all my perspective about it. Because I do I do have a different perspective about dating trans people because I am one. You know, I am I'm a trans person and then talking to trans people, I've dated trans people too, and it is a conversation. It's not like we all know exactly who we are, what's underneath each other's clothing. We have to talk to each other about it, we have to set expectations, just like any other um a connection that you make with someone. If you're dating someone, you don't know what's going on underneath. If you're going to talk about each other's bodies, you talk about each other's bodies. But essentially, I'm feeling like I'm sitting up here. I was, I was sitting in episode 50, like I have some insider information and some ideas in my own experiences that would be valuable to share. And I'm not going to open that part of me and share that. Like talking about how it is to feel rejected from people. You don't want to open up because you feel rejected right away. You may you may feel rejected by the fact that they're just like, oh my, you know, looking at me, I can never tell, but man, I'm so nervous about taking my shirt off because it just makes me feel uncomfortable and I can just feel the rejection coming from this person, whoever I'm talking to right away, or I'm, I don't meet the expectations of what they want. And deceiving anyone, deceiving is the word I'm using for myself is not sharing at a certain point in time when it's coming, it's become necessary, becomes necessary. Like when we're going to uh, have sex, then it's we want to talk about each other's bodies. If we're intimate like that, then we talk about each other's bodies. But before then it's not appropriate to, and then just kind of being afraid of not being able to get to that point where we can be intimate, so I don't want to share right away. And it just created a lot of, uh, I don't know, uncomfortability and, and a bit of chaos within me. This was like, well, at some point, if we're not able to connect on that level, I'm going to get rejected. So why delay that, and let's just start talking about it sooner? And I think in episode 50, I put all the onus on, on uh, the cis person to ask if they're trans, if the through they're dating the person is trans, and and that just kind of I think that causes all kinds of that may cause some trauma or drama between people too to be that blunt and ask about it, but I, I don't want to go too far away from our our topic. The, the, basically, the point is is that I felt very uncomfortable and it was just really hard to anticipate uh the rejection the rejection just may as well just get it out there so i can deal with the thing up front and let's talk about it and if i get rejected it's sooner rather than later and there's no problem with you know the long-term emotional investment and feeling like i betrayed somebody or i misled them or something like that
0: yeah so i actually i i get what you're saying obviously in a different way but I'm, I'm kind of just the opposite. I'm like, rip the Band-Aid right off. Like, yeah. if this isn't going to work, let me know now. Like, check yes, check no, let's roll. You know what I mean? And I think the mm-hmm. idea is um, there's there's a lot of people that I know that have this idea that, well, if we garner enough of a connection, then maybe it won't matter as much. You know what I mean? Maybe something they would have immediately rejected won't be something that they will reject. So giving them that time to warm up to you as a person, because really that's what it should be is you as a person. But at the same time, I think there's definitely people that are, that are, it's not going to matter. And so maybe it is just rip the bandaid off. Like, because the other piece to that is that you're also getting invested and connected. And if they're going to reject you, regardless of how long they've known you, Mm-hmm. It's better for you as a person to just know that straight away.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And that's why when you said rip the bandaid off, I'm over here like, yes, yes, of course, rip it off, let them, let him know, you know, it's not, it's not something that you have to wear as a name badge and say, Hey, blah, blah, blah. But when you notice that the direction of your relationship or your connection is taking a point where you feel like this is important to share, it's really important. Like this person is close enough to you, is getting close enough to you to really know and see the real you. Show them, boom, show them.
0: So I want to um kind of go back and mm-hmm. rewind here and start, not at the beginning, beginning, but when did you know?
1: When did I know? Well, when did I know that I uh, was trans? You know, I can't tell you exactly when, but I can give you a little bit of a story about um, I remember when I was growing up, I was always a, a tomboy. I was I was never really interested in in um, anything that was remotely feminine. And uh, I know that, jeez, there's so many things to to watch out for. It's a very sensitive topic, but I know that you know your your masculinity and stuff is not tied to whether you want to climb trees and things like that. But it just seemed to be right for me. It just seemed to be like, okay, I'm, I'm going to climb trees. I want to run with the guys. I want to play in the grass and the dirt. I'm going to play video games. I'm not interested in, in dresses or, or anything like that. And so, you know, I could have grown up and continued on and be in, being a straight woman. And that had nothing to do with it. But I, I remember that that was part of my childhood and growing up and like realizing like sort of towards my mid in my teens, I was feeling like there's something wrong with my body. It's not like the other male's bodies. And I didn't quite understand why that was so. And then I continued on just being who I was, um, more masculine of center, essentially. Um, I always just felt like, oh, man, when I went through puberty, it was like the worst. (laughs) It was the worst. I didn't want... I didn't want the breasts that I got. I didn't want any of that stuff that came along with it. I thought it was all wrong. It was all messed up. And I never, never liked it. I never liked it. I never wanted to to really look at myself in the mirror with it. So, in my late 20s, I was still feeling pretty dysphoric about it. And I had an opportunity to understand more about what it was. Because I think the late 20s, maybe I, I got more information about like the LGBT community but not so much trans just actually just in the queer community and then i moved to chicago where i actually found people who had the language for it it was just right around the time that caitlin jenner came out so she put a face to it and uh, i got more understanding of what i was feeling and what it was and then in chicago i was able to find a community of people who already knew and understand and had gone through this transformation or transition themselves. And so I got more language, more, more information about it. But there's a feeling of dysphoria throughout my life. And basically I got the words and the information to put it together and to put it into action. So it's, I would say like, you know, 15 years old when I realized this wasn't right, didn't didn't feel right, didn't look right, wish it wasn't me.
0: Yeah. So that's, so... What I think of when you say all this, because it seems like it's very like for you, well, first of all, I guess that at the end, let's just point to the fact that this is a very prime example of representation matters because there was something all along that you had felt was wrong or not right. And until there was a visual representation of that or someone who was open enough to share that. Mm -hmm. You didn't necessarily, you just, I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you felt wrong. Is that, is that? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. Didn't know what it was or didn't see, didn't see any examples of it. So just thought it didn't, yeah, was wrong.
0: So I'm curious about this and I don't know if you've thought about it or if you have um, any thoughts on it is society in general, a lot of the male versus female, I was going to say a lot of it, but pretty much most mm-hmm. of it outside of biology is a social construct. You know, girls wear pink and boys wear blue and you're supposed to play softball and you're supposed to play baseball and like the masculine feminine things. Now, obviously physical features and stature, there's, there are certain things that are traits that one gender has versus the other. But how much of the, let me try to, I'm trying to form the right question here. I'm wondering how much of society's construct played into your feeling of not rightness. So if society didn't tell you that you were supposed to play with dolls, do you think you would have felt differently about being expected Mm -hmm. to play with dolls?
1: Oh, interesting. That's an interesting question. I am not quite sure. Let me think. I'm like, oh, let me take some time to think about it. Uh, the... <laughs> but while you were forming the question, I I kind of got an idea. Let's see. I think that I would not have liked playing dolls, playing with dolls at at all. I, I mean, I think if the the guys were playing with dolls, I don't think I would have enjoyed that. I think that I would been bored with it too, just because it's boring. It's not interesting to me. When I was a kid, it wasn't interesting to me. I was more interested in creating and running and jumping and doing those things. So if all the girls were doing that, then, then I would have run with them, but they weren't, they weren't, they were doing other things. They were like, uh, doing other girly things, I guess, or, or things that were, let's say things that were interesting to them that weren't interesting to me. So, the social contract construct of the guys doing, I guess, how they were told they need to go lift weights and they need to go run. That's what men do. That's what boys do. So yeah, I don't think that was it.
0: It would be hard, so hard to kind of like separate those things anyways, though, because they're so firmly ingrained in our, I was going to say, society, culture, world, worldwide. There's, They're so deeply ingrained that it would be hard to pick those two apart, but I'm, it's just something I'm curious about because when I think of someone, I think for, I'll use myself for an example, like I would have considered myself kind of a tomboy as well. You know, that, that label fit me and I didn't want to play softball. I always played baseball. So I was the only girl on the team because I wanted to play baseball. And I don't know why I was stubborn or what whatever, whatever it was, that's what I wanted to play. At the same time, I'm a cis female and I don't have any questions or concerns about that part of me. So, I think that it can be interchangeable and I think that we should just should allow it to be interchangeable. I think the the biggest confusion or the biggest thing to me is that two things. One, society doesn't allow you to do that. If you send a child a, a boy to school, middle school with a pink shirt, he's probably going to get picked on. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And mm-hmm that's, first of all, first and foremost, that is not okay. And then second is the misunderstanding of people, society in general, from you knowing and feeling like this body is not my body. This is not the one I was supposed to have. It doesn't feel right. I think that there is an overwhelming thought that you know you were born the way you were supposed to be born and people Mm -hmm. don't understand the desire or the need to change that do you think that there's any way or anything that you could say that would help people understand that a little bit better like the the internal need for yourself personally to make that shift
1: wow that is quite a question that's quite a question because you know, there's a a thing that feels, it feels a bit like I have to explain my existence to people. And that is, I, I understand why that's absolutely necessary for people to understand what things are. And, and it's just for their understanding. It's not because they want to see me not exist. They just want to know that what they're looking at is, they want to know more about what they're looking at. and And that's all. And that's, that's all is to it, and I understand that, so I guess the validation I would say that this is the reason why I would share it just because of that, and not necessarily like I need your validation to let me just live and be and this is for your understanding of who I am and why I did what I did and how I feel how I feel, and that's all that's all. so with that, I'd like to say, um, I can't really tell you. <laughs> okay (laughs) it's super hard to put into words they'll be absolutely honest it's it's really hard to put into words as like seeing myself and knowing that this doesn't this doesn't feel right and i don't know exactly what to do with it i don't have the language for it right now but i know that my body before it wasn't the thing that i that i that I felt I was, it didn't represent what I felt that I was, and so, um, I I gave my best shot at it. I mean, best shot at it, but I don't have the. I'm not well enough equipped to to explain all everything behind that.
0: You, it is totally fine. It's totally fine, and I didn't. Obviously, it was a very complex question because this is how I roll. I like rattle things yeah. off, and my brain just blah blah. I I do want to throw out there that to everyone if you are hearing this on this episode it is because lee is okay with it and we did talk before we started recording and Mm -hmm. before anybody comes and wants to chop my head off i do have permission (laughs) to ask hard questions (laughs) and he is absolutely welcome to decline everything that he doesn't want to answer because i do realize this is wildly wildly personal information and it is nothing that you have to share if you don't want to Yeah,
1: you know, I would like to say, though, that that is a great question. You know, everybody should kind of take a step back and, in my humble opinion, and understand why they do what they do or who they are or what their mission in life is and their purpose and all those things. And it's something to actually meditate on for me. I think I can come back with a better answer sometime in the future. But, you know, to sit down and think, well, you know, I had a friend who... I told him that he, he runs marathons and stuff, right? And he's like, awesome. He does run marathons. And I'm like, I will never run a marathon. I know that I'm not doing that. Okay. It's not a thing for me. And I'm just impressed by the fact that he do that. And he was like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's super easy. You know, you just um, take steps here. You make sure you eat this. You make sure you run at that pace. Do it on a schedule. It's super and I'm easy. Like, yeah. Yeah. Just do it. And I'm like, like no it's not it's not that easy not everybody can do that and he's like well here are the steps it's super easy and i'm like not everybody feels the same way not everybody has that same thing and i'm like you have to recognize that you are just you and he was surprised by that and i'm like yeah you are unique in your way all right and some people maybe not understand that and you're blown away by the fact that people don't understand how easy it is for you but you were you and you were the only, you only know how to be you. So it's kind of hard to explain yourself to someone, what feels natural and what feels easy and what feels like you, what feels like it is what you were supposed to do and how you are supposed to feel. It's hard to explain that. So that's why I'm like not trying to avoid the question. It's just, wow, it's a lot of uh, stuff that I don't have words for right now.
0: No, it's totally understandable. Does this person happen to be an engineer or in math of some sort? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) They are very,
1: very uh, kind of technical that way.
0: Yeah. So because I'm thinking marathons, easy. Okay. Well, that's not the word I would apply to it. But (laughs) (laughs) No, but it's – I mean, it can be applied to a lot of things, but uh, definitely not to your situation. So there are there are steps to certain things, uh, right? We can follow a script. And if you have enough commitment, you can do certain things. But not everybody is. I also have to kind of want to, especially when we're talking about running that many miles. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's like, what is that? What is that drive inside of him that makes it that makes him want to do that or to to feel that is necessary or natural for him to do? Not for me. But yeah. it is for him, and and hard to explain.
0: Well, yeah. What did so we you talked about Caitlyn Jenner as being kind of a figure that helped, and of course the community in that you came came to know in Chicago that kind of helped you put mm-hmm. words to it and really better understand it, thus starting your transition. What what is that process and time frame? Because you have you you have fully transitioned for quite a while now, right?
1: Yeah, for about six years. Yeah, so the time frame is kind of unique, and I guess it's I stand out a little bit because I was older when I did the transition. I know there's a lot of a lot of people who are uh, recognizing themselves sooner they're in their teens and they're going for that, or they recognize themselves in their twenties and they don't hide themselves and they're just like, this is who I am and they face some kind of discrimination from it. And for me, it's always been, I've been employed, and I've been working with a company who's had the kind of insurance that I needed to get this done. So once I knew that I had the words and the language to it, I had the finances and the resources to make it happen. So it took me six months to get me fully transitioned, this essentially getting um, the kind of, and I was in the right place for it, too. Like, I had the community for it. So all that stuff just came together for me. Um, about six months after recognizing, I had to get doctor's notes. I had to go talk to doctors and make sure that um, I was psychologically sound, I guess, for lack of better term. You know, I had to make sure that that was okay, and then physically, and then I had to, the the job to actually give me time off and pay for the surgery for it too. So I had all had some advantages, had privileges because of that. And so actually falling into the community at that where I'm meeting people who are crowdfunding to raise money for their surgeries and things like that, that I didn't have to do. I felt again, that I was a bit disconnected. And I know that is a little off topic, but I certainly felt like, you know, within the community, there still are Intersections where, like, financially, you know, being a person of color, things like that. But to answer your question, about six months, I was pretty fortunate to be able to get everything I needed done.
0: That, okay, so that sounds like very quick to me. That sounds like such a quick process. I'm so surprised, to be honest. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why I'm so surprised, but it seems so quick. But I, I do want to comment, and I know you said you don't want to get too off topic, but You're saying that you are privileged because of the situation you set yourself on. Sometimes I have a little bit of a hard time with that. I think that acknowledging privilege is is a great thing. But I also know that you worked hard to get into the position that you're in. Am I wrong?
1: No, you're not wrong. You're not wrong.
0: And you remained committed and dedicated to sticking with that company and that job, even though I don't want to put words in your mouth again, but like, I'm sure there have been times when you're like, F this, I'm out. Yeah.
1: I'm sure everybody has been like, yes, for sure. Forget about this. Yeah.
0: So I do, I just want to emphasize that because while you may be privileged in a lot of ways, I don't want to discount your effort and your hard work and your persistence as some overwhelming privilege that other people don't have. Because I think that sometimes we want to do that. I think sometimes we want to pretend that the person who hasn't stayed dedicated to a job because they hated it and they decided to leave, cheers to them, cheers to them, but that was a decision that they made. Or they decided to go down a different career path that doesn't necessarily give them the security of benefits and such. So I know there's a lot of nuance. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But I mean more, more so of when I got into the community, so the the trans or maybe that's been more specific with the queer community, which is not just trans, but more queer, more nuanced, more, I dress a different way and I present outwardly, not just masculine or feminine, feminine, like I present somewhere on a spectrum. And so when I run into people who that was basically the, the community that really helped me become who I am. and so I'm over here looking like I want to be this traditional looking male masculine figure wearing ties and stuff Then wear a tie. oh my god I thought I that was the thing I needed to do but I don't need to do that kind of thing but the point is is that I wanted to look that way. I wanted to just kind of blend into society and there's the people who were supportive and people who gave the information the people who helped me didn't look like that at all. And so, not so much. And so, they were struggling with the fact that, all right, so I was a cis woman and I have this job and it's given me money enough to get my surgery. They've always looked like something that was queer and not like a cis woman and maybe worn different clothes and different uh, political ide- ideologies and willing to express them. And so, they come to this place where they can't make as much money or they're feeling like they're not able to get this corporate job because they don't fit into that. And so here I come. I was a person who fit into that corporate looking thing. And I transitioned to a person who fits in the corporate transition looking thing, too, because when you look at me, I just kind of fit in. I don't I didn't have to crowdfund to raise money. And the surgery was quick and seamless. And I didn't have a history here in Chicago. So there's a lot of nuances. I didn't have a history here in Chicago. So no one knew exactly who I was before then. And so I could go around and meet people. And I'm like, you don't know anything about my history, my past, and you don't ever need to know. All you know is what you see right here. And so I had that kind of privilege in that way. And yes, I did work hard because I had to hide all that stuff that it was and that I I mean, I just had to uh, to not be vocal or or not be, you know. I tried to fit in, basically. And then there's some people who who don't. They they choose to live their life really openly, and I didn't do that. So I felt like I got a bit of privilege from that. I hope that helps clear up a bit.
0: Yes, and I really appreciate you clarifying that because because you're right, and and there has to be an understanding of. People that don't conform, they they don't conform to male versus female and society is Mm -hmm. very harsh to them. And you're right. If they don't conform to something that a corporate entity wants, then they may not be able to get the same opportunity. So that is definitely something that needs to be. Yes, I appreciate that clarification.
1: Yeah, because I honestly didn't understand that privilege either. Until I stepped into that space or stepped into it and understood it. Like there are some people who want to live their life open, openly and authentically. That's the best way to do it. But it's sometimes not safe for them. Or sometimes people are targeted more often than others for doing that. So, and you know about that. That's why we're having this conversation.
0: So let me ask you this. At this point, because you use the word choice. And I love choice. I think we all have choice. However, I do want to be very careful when we're using it in the context of cis and trans and gay and lesbian and anything sexual because I, while again, I am a cisgender gender, female, um, straight, all of these labels, I didn't choose that. And so when we're talking about someone in your position- or when we're talking about someone that you just reflected on that that doesn't look like society wants them to look and they're being their authentic self they're not what they're choosing what you're choosing is simply to be exactly who you are authentically to you you're not you're not saying Listen, I, I don't want to be a girl, I want to be a guy. This is my choice, right? You, that's not what this not what this is about and I think it's really important to mm-hmm,
1: emphasize that I,
0: because I think a lot of people want to put that label. Like, why would mm-hmm. why would you do that to yourself? You're going to have a harder life now.
1: Yeah, I understand it's that. It's not about that. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, that's exactly. I'm so glad that you brought that up. It's like about, about choice and the whole thing. I mean, I really think that people could like <laughs> Really choose to, to not live authentically and go in a closet, but they would die in there. They would hate it. They would be like, well, "Why live at all?" And it doesn't feel like there's a choice for them. It doesn't feel like that. It doesn't doesn't make sense to them. And so that's why I'm like, "Well, people will choose to live openly, and they feel like it makes it just makes sense." I'm not saying that it's the wrong choice to have. It is just like I'm consciously being myself, and That's all I know how to be. And you might choose to do what society says that you need to do, but I'm not. I was one of those people who was like, I chose to do what society told me. And so that's kind of where I was going with it, you know?
0: Yeah. And so you, well, so let me ask you this. You said earlier when you first started to notice, you would look in the mirror and you felt wrong what you saw felt wrong now now who you are when you look in the mirror and you see lee do you feel right
1: you know not until i started talking about it i still felt like really yeah still felt really ugly still felt like my chest was just it's have scars i have scars on my chest but when my put my shirt on i'm like oh yeah okay i look cool and all that stuff but authentically accepting my whole body and myself and when everything below the belt all those things Man, I still felt like, well, this is this is wrong. It's still wrong. And so the the idea of accepting myself as who I am may, makes more sense. Now don't get me wrong, I'm not saying is that I should never have done a transition in the first place. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if I if I had breasts today, I would s- still be like I they weighed four pounds. I mean, they were, they
0: were... <laughs> I don't think people understand.
1: You don't understand.
0: This bur- <laughs> is a burden. I'm not, I mean, I'm not gonna completely cut mine off unless they get me cancer. But let me tell you what, some days I think about it.
1: Sometimes. Yeah. So but, you know, I would still be like, Oh, you know, this is this doesn't feel right to me. And accepting this, this facial here, I like. I always liked the facial hair and, you know, not having breasts and muscles and the voice, all that feels correct to me. And then just accepting the fact that I have scars and that my journey as a trans man is different than any cis man's journey, right? And so I'm not a cis man. I will never be a cis man. And I need to make sure I understand that is where my body is. And that's who I am. And that's, that's fine. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with who I am. So, it took that time to understand me, and to accept myself, and to say all right, all right, now this is okay. I can, I can actually like be okay with taking my shirt off at the beach and not having a problem, or not wearing anything, not wearing a packer, which is something that is used to for male genitalia. Not um, wearing one and just being okay with it. It's like this. I'm fine.
0: Yeah. So, being since you started talking about it openly, you feel like that process has made you more accepting of yourself.
1: Yes, definitely, definitely more okay. accepting of myself because I'm not hiding anything anymore. I've just been hiding this, been hiding that, waiting for the, the right moment to to share something. That's why it, it's. I think it's admirable for people who don't have a choice let's say they't have a choice in being exactly who they're going to be like it doesn't make sense to be anything else other than what you do and just show it right and that's what it was it's just all right I am me and I want to show who I am and that's what makes the difference that's what makes me feel like I want to accept myself in any other any other way I can't be any other way
0: I love it. And you shouldn't be any other way. You should be whatever makes you feel the most you. You're looking at it and you're like that doesn't look like me. Then you change it. Right? You change it to something that when you look in the mirror, it feels more authentic to you. You look like you. You said you're the voice, like you sound to yourself like what you That's what you're supposed to sound like.
1: Mhm. Absolutely. Love it. Thank you. All right.
0: <laughs> So let's talk about the, gosh, this has got to be the hardest, this has got to be the hardest thing. Well, I don't know, you tell me what the hardest thing is. But the whole coming out process, I want to kind of get your take and your, your story on that. So first of all, so you go through the transition, and you had the
1: Yeah, so you know, I had a pretty easy coming out process. And uh, that's what's kind of that's why I feel like, Oh, yeah, you know, this is already been separated from my family like i hardly talked to my family i really didn't have a really great connection with them in the first place you know we didn't talk about anything from day to day um they barely knew who i was it's been like years because it would go years or or months months or years before i even i talked to either one of them extended family either no no contact with them either so i also moved around quite a bit so let's say i lived in california and right before or right when I moved to, to Chicago is when I discovered Caitlyn Jenner. And it wasn't just a couple of months, actually, just a couple of months. I discovered it. I discovered uh, the community and I discovered that I was able to get all the benefits from my job. And so no one in Chicago really knows who I am. Right. My family, yeah, you know, they couldn't really care much about connecting with them or sharing anything with them and was always disappointed by any, anything that I felt, I felt that I was always disappointed by their reactions or I was always disappointing to them because I did come out as lesbian and it's with, got hit with a bunch of, you shouldn't do this, or you're going to go to hell and stuff like that. And I'm like, well, this is going to be no different. And we're not even talking that much anyway. And okay. There's a whole group of people here who, know what i'm talking about actually give me the language for it so i'm going to lean into those people and not so much worrying about coming out to another group of people that you know i really couldn't couldn't really connect with so we did talk about how you know at the beginning was talking about how i was recently talking to my mom more and more because our relationship had changed and it's only started changing when i started talking more about me and who i am and being comfortable with myself and being like this is me authentically and i want to get to know you authentically and so making those connections really helped it and so that doesn't it is i think it's an underlying thing i think that she doesn't quite understand it like that question that you asked me to meditate on i think she would appreciate my answer to that you know because she doesn't quite understand it it's not her thing she had no She's like, well, what happened? I was there all the whole time. <laughs> what, what, what
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I I, uh, I don't fear that, that feeling of rejection. It's more, I feel more accepted and everything. So coming out, it's more like, you know, it wasn't, maybe the, the trauma is deep in there and buried up and I don't know how to pull it out yet, but... From what I see right now, it was once upon a time we weren't talking about it, and now we are. And there's something in the middle that might be missing that I don't quite get yet. Another question I have to go meditate on.
0: (laughs) Okay, well, add that to your – you're going to have hours of meditation after this. (laughs) (laughs) But maybe it doesn't have to be that hard.
1: Yeah, it doesn't. I think – You know we've been estranged for quite some time that may have something to do with it too they're like well you know i just want to be able to talk to you and you know there's both of us i just want to be able to talk to you and i just want to be able to talk to you but this is what's important to me and this is who i am now and i guess their ability to accept that and to listen to hear it was something that was very helpful and probably them doing work their years of work on themselves really helped us get to a point where it wasn't as dramatic as, as it could have been because I was financially and physically free, like, and emotionally, kind of emotionally, but I wasn't bound to being kicked out of the house or anything like that. I wasn't going to be cut off from money. It's like, well, I'm telling you something about me and big surprise. You don't like it. So, Let's not talk for another few years. <laughs> it's,
0: yeah, I mean, that's a confidence. It's a confidence and security that is in yourself that maybe you needed because you knew that it was a take it or leave it. Like, this is who I am. You can accept me or buy.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, really not wanting to do that with the family and everything. Really to be Really wanting to be accepted, you know, just... It just takes time. It has just taken time. And it's not all my work to do. It's both of us. So we, I guess we did some of the work.
0: It is definitely not all of your work to do. Honestly, I think that speaking broadly from my own perspective and maybe relating it to a lot of the racial issues that, that exist and are awful, I think that more often than not, the work that has to be done actually doesn't really have anything to do with you. I think it has to do with society and this comfort that we have or this need to feel comfortable. And what comfortable means is what we expect. And what we expect is what society has told us the norm is for decades and, I mean, decades, hundreds of years, what we've decided and... That doesn't fit anymore. And so you, if you were born 10, 15, 20, well, I guess let's I mean, I know, come on, what? Jenner was like, oh. no, I'm just trying to think like he was he was very like he's in his 60s when he transitioned. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess what I'm saying is that he, and what what he has shared as – well, excuse me, what she has scared, shared as well – shit, I just messed that all up. <laughs> what she has shared as well is that um, she knew, oh, so long ago, right? And so she's been living her life inauthentically until now. So it's like it's societies that has to do the work. And, I mean, obviously you have to do your own too.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we as individuals, we, we make up the society. And so having these conversations, these small conversations, just reaching one person who can hear this and understand and maybe change the way they view something will change the life of another person that they run into. The, they're accepting their open-mindedness, so their, their realization that, okay, it's uncomfortable, but this is where I grow and this is, and this is okay. This is where I want to be. And so they keep on and each one teach one and pass that on. Because eventually, you know, our society will change. I remember when uh, gay marriage was was a big thing, and this was back in two thousand eight, I think, where we actually had it, and I think it was overturned And sometime time. It's so a couple of years later, it was overturned or something in, in California. Or see, it's so it's so out of my mind. I mean, it's so, it feels like it was so long ago, but it was so ingrained in our society, like, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. And then slowly, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. And then everywhere, it seems to be like, it's the norm, we understand it. And then that's with all the ideas that we have with each other. I think that a society will just start these conversations like we're having here, and the fire will just spread.
0: Yeah, it it really... It really is what I believe is that the more open we can be. And as you were saying that the conversation piece, it kind of got me thinking about the part where you said, uh, feeling like sometimes you're expected to explain your existence. And that feels so heavy. And I don't want you or anyone like you to feel that way. But if I could reel it back, to why that might be happening, it's because in school, we learn about the sexes. We learn about anatomy. And so right now, that's not, well, certainly you and I, when we went through school, we didn't learn about, transgender wasn't a thing. I mean, it was a thing, but we certainly didn't learn about it. It wasn't being talked about. So I I do- I, I mean-
1: I'm with you. I I think that we learn about things, and you, and sometimes when people hear that, why did you do it, or or want, or or hear something like that, they hear it as an attack, or explain why you exist. And I'm, I I want to recognize that some people feel that way, but I understand that there's a need to understand something. I know that there's an there's a need to to know what we're looking at, how explain what it is that, that, we, that we're seeing so that we can just identify it at all and descriptions of it or, or it doesn't if, if labels is not the thing for you, then kind of explaining just so we have an understanding that a trans male's journey is different from a cis male's journey. And we should know that. I, I think that it's important for both sides of the coin to know that or anyone to know that. That's, I think, is that to your point?
0: Yeah. And it also makes me think of something else that I wanted to talk about is um you're talking about bringing this up, right? And sharing this with people in order to be authentic. And I'm going to take us back kind of to uh, something that we talked about on episode 50 of like, we and in, in it was very specific to dating um, on that episode is like, what time is the right time? And, and I think you and I were pretty much on the same page. Nina had a different a view on it in terms of when but well, I'll just share mine. I think you are the same, but was that like, why do you need to share personal details about yourself unless there's a connection? So once there's a connection, okay, we'll move forward. And this is a natural thing that would come up, but like, let's use you and I, for example, or you and Nina, for example, um, because you could be friends too. Like, why would you need to tell us about that? In what context should that matter to either of us?
1: Well, great. Glad that you've asked. Well, so let's say that we just did that one show together and that's it. I wouldn't tell you. <laughs> the Oreos, after the Oreo show, I would be like there's no reason for me to actually contact you and let you know that at all. Then we did this roundtable together. We kept in touch and we did this roundtable together. And I talked specifically from a trans point of view, but I didn't share anything about a trans point of view. Talked about trans people with it. And so I'm like, oh, wow, this is not, mm, mm, no, this is not good. This is not good. So it's a catalyst for me to share that with your audience, right? Your audience. And you personally, we talked offside of this and we've become friends. And I'm like, well, this has really helped me be able to be more authentic and the fact that the things that I'm looking for maybe provide a point of view for you. Because my, my experience in my life could definitely provide a point of view. Because most of it has been lived as a black woman in America. And I definitely have some ideas about how men operate towards black women and how men operate towards uh, black men. Completely different. Completely different, no matter how masculine of center you are. Walking into a barbershop and talking to a man, if you don't appear as a man, you are going to get some, you're not going to get the same treatment.
0: Now you know I need but... to know some of these stories. Come on. <laughs>
1: hey, I can come back and share some of them with you. But for real, it's just that I thought that I could be more of authentic person to you. And then if I needed to share something with you. There's no confusion about, all right, this happened 10 years ago or 20 years ago and what my life was like in 20 years ago. And I don't have to go back and explain it to you and be like, well, here's some things that you need to know you didn't know before, your whole backstory. And they were like, I didn't even know you. Like, I didn't even know what your life was like before then. And I'm coming to you, let's say, for emotional support because you're my friend. Like, that, that kind of thing is like, it just kills the kind of emotional connection because I have to hide so much of what's truth to get your, to get my story or to, 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 to share anything with you. And it just seems inauthentic. So if I wanted to keep a good connection with you, if I wanted to show that I respect you, if I wanted to come to you in a time of need and be able to be helped for myself, then I have to be open and authentic with you. And so that's the time, that's the time where I share that.
0: Okay. And that makes sense. And also, um, something that we haven't mentioned yet, but I'll bring it up is in your business, this now being open about, you know, your life and your journey allows the credibility was there before, but now it's just openly credible of why you have the ability to really coach and walk three people through. Transformations in life because, well, you certainly did a lot of that on your own. So I think, (laughs) so I think when we're talking about business, and I I, just to be clear, I'm you didn't decide to come out for business purposes. But what I'm saying is, like, in your business, it's allowing you to not only be more authentic, but help people maybe that wouldn't have necessarily come to you before.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I have a perspective that if Guys came to me or cis men came to me and I'm like, well, why is cis well, this women this way? I can't tell you why all, but I can tell you a bit about my, my experiences and a little bit of the, and this and that, or I can tell you about the the emotional, uh, the changes that I went through as a going through puberty twice, essentially with going through puberty as just a, a woman and then going through puberty for, as a, for the man just understanding how emotional things are and being able to express my emotions in an adult form. Like here they come, they're intense, they're strong and be able to express those. So helping people through transitions with, because, you know, I think all we are is emotion, pure energy and emotion and knowing more about how we behave and how knowing about our feelings and be able to express them it is it's what I do. And, and the reason why we might hide from our feelings or hide from rejection. I know in my business, I help people make friends, essentially genuine connections, relationships, things like that. And the number one thing that keeps people from being open and authentic is the fear of rejection. And man, I've been hiding so much, fearing rejection so much. And it just feels so much better when you come out. And, And in these examples that I shared, I mean, I can only get great support from people if i'm open and authentic with them for the reasons that i talked about with you i mean and it's the only reason to share it i still wasn't feeling comfortable in my own body because i didn't start talking about it didn't look at it and be like okay this is this is me and i accept who i am and coaching and helping people who may not identify as trans but may still feel this terrible rejection like the, the idea of terrible rejection it's manageable And I have tools to help people come through it because I've gone through it.
0: Yeah. And it's got to be a big part of your kind of newly found acceptance, personal acceptance has to be the fact that the truth is, is you were hiding for fear of rejection. And, and subsequently you weren't actually fully, you were kind of rejecting yourself in some ways. So now coming out, you're fully accepting yourself. And therefore, you can now fully see yourself in a way that you can accept. I know that was, sounded a little like twisty, but.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's all about uh, self-acceptance. And and people around you who really want to be in your space or who who really fit with you, you know, they will accept you.
0: And those that don't, don't belong there. So they can check out. All right, you. We didn't do this on your on your Oreos, um, our cookies episode, but this is something we started doing in twenty twenty one. So, final three questions. Okay. One, what parting words would you? Because I mean, you're going to be back. Let's just face it. So, until you come back again, I mean, not to twist your arm or anything, but until you come <laughs> back again, what parting words would you want to leave with somebody that is faced? with coming
1: out oh man the first things that popped in my head is that it gets better oh man you remember that campaign i think the campaign it gets better it gets better but coming out i think i'd like to to say that it is all based in rejection and as soon as you start figuring out what it is about yourself that you don't like and start really liking that stuff you're going to find that rejection doesn't mean much of anything because you can just walk around like the world is yours.
0: Yay. Oh, that's perfect. I love it. Okay. Five words you would use to describe yourself.
1: Fun. Interesting. (laughs) Look at the words. (laughs) I'm trying not to be too cheesy about it too. Let's see. Creative. Interested. So I really like interested in people. And mm, human.
0: Ooh, okay. I think you're the first person that said human. I like it. Don't let people know that
1: I'm an alien, really, though.
0: <laughs> okay, so keep. So we're we're still in the closet about your alienhood. Should we, Should we cut this part out? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. For anybody that is listening, Lee is a real human. Well, as far as I know, anyways. We'll see what he does That's what to I say next next year. <laughs> 2023, we could find something else out. Did you want to share where people can connect with you?
1: Oh, yeah. And you can find me at Patterns dot com. I actually am running a promotion looking for people to coach who want to coach and starting a new coaching program. And so you can find it at Patterns dot com. And Um, Also, it's like right in the header. Your new friendship begins right now. Just click right there and it'll give you all the details about it. And then I also have a video that I created. Basically, it shares my journey about how I discovered that it is very important for me to talk about being trans. So I talk about some things that I hadn't talked about here in the show, including my karaoke days there. (laughs) And... Um, I basically, I, and I share three important things that I discovered through my transition. Like, It's so important to understand who you are, and there are some things that just kept me lonely. And so throughout my time of hiding who I was, I discovered that I was constantly doing these three things. And I share them on my website. You can find that at PatternsOfPossibility.com slash makefriends. And you can find me on TikTok and sometimes on Instagram there. So I'm sure they'll be in the show notes, but anywhere Patterns of Possibility, that's where you'll find me.
0: Perfect. Okay, yes. I will definitely link all of that in the show notes. And uh, yeah, low-key uh, karaoke celeb here.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. I was, I was all over it. And that's when I did it in California. I was all about it and I put together a club for it's almost like American Idol style. You have to watch the video to know more about it.
0: thank you as always for listening in today. Our goal is to inspire you to think more deeply and we hope today's conversation did just that. Don't forget to check out the show notes for links where you can connect with Lee and take advantage of his coaching opportunities, his new coaching program, as well as watch that video that he mentioned. As a reminder, the thoughts, opinions, and stories expressed on today's episode, they're ours. We do encourage you to do your own research, come to your own fact-based conclusions, and create your own wonderful stories. If you have a topic you'd like us to discuss or if you'd like to be a guest on the show, please reach out by email info at diversityonfire.com. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Diversity on Fire. And if you're enjoying the show, we would very much appreciate a five-star review on Apple Podcast. Don't forget to hit subscribe wherever you're listening now so you never miss an episode. And please, share the show with everyone you know so more people can join in these important conversations.
1: Man, just get it out there so I can deal with the thing up front.